Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Four Corners Podcast. I am Shad here with Matt and Brad. Guys, how are you doing? Uh, doing good, Shad. I'm doing well. I'm glad to hear it, and I want to say to everybody out there who is with us, thank you for joining us for this episode, whether it's the week it drops or it's later on or whatever. I just want to say thank you all for listening and being here with us. So, um, there's been some turbulent stuff here lately, but it's not from where you might expect necessarily. Brad, can you give us a little background? So, um, this week, well, we'll just we'll just be honest. We decided we're going to clown on Billy Corgan for a <laughs> So this has been like a whole to do, and I have a conspiracy theory. I'm gonna actually, I'm gonna share in, during the course of this. But so, as you may recall, Billy Corgan and the NWA had said they signed a CW agreement, but like about a month ago now, I think. Yeah. And then um, it came out uh, last week, I think. That, well, nope, they didn't have a TV deal. They actually signed NXT instead. And then it kind of leaked out. And I'm a little dubious on these reports because part of the, like, a big proponent of this story is um, CM Punk's cuck, Nick Hossman, who I take oh, nothing. Mm. Yeah. So that's where, like, those reports came from. And I don't take, I don't take it, I don't take anything he says seriously. No. I think he's kind of. He, he basically anything he reports it, it almost seems like you should question the the authenticity of it or the validity of it the information yeah it's just some sort of uh it just seems like it's something that's effectively the purpose of whatever information he's passing along it's just like pr for whatever particular wrestler actually or a wrestling personality actually like just leaked it but to he, him yeah and here he's just passing along to keep his access but yeah yeah, yeah. He, he's willing to be he's willing to um <clears throat> put the hand up his back and puppet for whoever passed along and I say mean, what they want him to say it, being running like our wrestling twitter and and seeing and someone interacting with people like in that in the wrestling sphere like uh they're 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 inter- like there are twitter personalities uh who have mentioned this and I, I would tend to agree, but even though I can fault uh, some of his opinions and his match ratings and things like that, really there's Dave Meltzer as mm-hmm. what you would consider, I guess, credible, in my opinion, as, okay. a, as a wrestling, quote-unquote, wrestling journalist. And after him, it's like we're in dire straits. Like when, well, he, no, when, when have, he passes along or, or, or uh, like hangs it up, it's, it's bad. Like everyone else is some degree of like shill or like just garbage, like, like Hossman. So I would say, I would say there's three people that you can depend on. And I mean, they're going to get it wrong at times because they are like at the mercy of their sources. So Meltzer is at the top. He's unquestionably the top guy. Um, And then I would put Mike Johnson from PWI and Sean Ross Sapp as also credible sources um mike johnson's less of a personality so i don't think he gets like the the credit he deserves and i think sean ross sap generally does tries to do a good job but he can get derailed a little bit by clown behavior yeah he he, he can't get derailed and what i don't like is like sometimes he'll post like clickbaity stuff where it's like he'll he'll clickbait and you think it's like a story then you look at it and it's like 
a nonsense story. It's like, you know, a major AEW star doesn't want to resign. Then you go in and it's like, like, oh, they're not uh, resigning. Um, uh, oh, the bunny. Like, the bunny is not, is no longer with AEW. And it's like, that's not like, that's not like the elite just, you know, like Ricky Starks isn't like resigning with AEW. Mm-hmm. It's not like a big, big name. It's like the bunny. And, you know, she's been used a lot. Uh, and she's just, I'm just using her as an example because, like, she's an actual real life one. But it's like, the world will move on with the bunny. The bunny was mostly like a valet who, you know, maybe had like one decent match in the course of like her AEW run. Not hating on her. No, uh, she had, let's be honest here, though. She had a top five women's match that should, that is probably finally topped Kane and, and Albert as like an incomprehensibly good match that shouldn't have been good. Are you talking about like the uh, the basically the uh, hardcore the tag team match she was in? Yeah. With with um with uh Anna Jay. Anna Jay, her and Penelope Ford. Yeah, that was like incom it was incomprehensibly good. Um, it should that's like, probably the, the best the, thing Anna Jay has ever done, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, but, but the four people in that match for that match to be as good, that match was greater than the sum of its parts. And it's, mm-hmm. it was, I remember watching it live going, wow, this is really, really good. Like, I did not expect that match to turn out as good as it did. That's still a top five, like, AEW women's match. I agree with that. And I would actually place it for their hardcore matches. That's probably, like, top ten, veering into, like, top five. Like, it was... That match was... I, I still don't understand how that match was good. They weren't trying to... They just went out there and had a a brawl that fit the rivalry. And they weren't trying to be too fancy. And they weren't trying to be over the top. And so they did stuff that seemed appropriate. You know, Anna Jay's Queen Slayer with the barbed wire wrapped around her arm. That's... Oh, it's like, wow. That, and, you know, she slaps that on. It's like, holy crap. But given the animosity that was supposed to be between these four, it would make perfect sense that she would do that. So, it was like, it doesn't get enough deserved either. Because I think, I think the pearl clutchers online couldn't, don't like talking about it because it's women like getting bloody. Mm. Oh, it was controversial at the time. Because it was women yeah. getting bloody, and, and the usual suspects, uh, usual AEW haters, mm-hmm. you know, were were, pro- were they're coming out of the woodwork saying like, "Oh, this proves that they're you know just a garbage outlaw bud show." But yeah. like, I don't understand that. Like, if you want if you want women's wrestling to be taken seriously, they have to be willing. Like, that's the thing. Like, I I don't get those people. Like, well, we've been talking about this on a Discord offhand about women's wrestling and like the realities of it. And, um, but like, if you want it to be seen as an equal to men's wrestling, they're going to have to do like, well, one, if they want to, if they want to go out there and have a hardcore match and bleed, like they should be allowed to do that. But like, if you want it to be taken seriously at some point, like you can't, you can't like do this kid glove stuff that especially North American women's wrestling gets. If they wanted to go out there and have a hardcore match where they kicked ass, then they should. And that's up to them. They're adults. They can choose to do that. And to say that they shouldn't 
oddly enough, is taking agency away from them. So, but that's what that's what white knights and simps love to yeah. do. Though, is they love to talk endlessly about um, empowering women, but all they want to do is infantilize them and like take their agency away because then they they actually are like more rigid in their gender stereotypes than like the people they're supposedly fighting. Yeah. I mean, between that tag match and then Thunder Rosa, Britt Baker, Lights Out match, like, those were badass. And Those are probably the two best... I mean, honestly, I'm, I'm thinking more about that tag, and that might be the second best AEW women's match ever, right after the Lights Out match. Right. And it's not that they can't work, it's just that the animosity in those matches really, they, you know, they took it to another level, but... There's been some good matches beyond that. Uh, oh, I there's mean, Jamie, definitely matches Jamie like Hader. Jamie Hader had some good ones. Jamie Hader had a fantastic match with Emmy Sakura, which they basically yeah Go ahead. they basically just said like fuck it, let's just do like a Joshi match, and it was amazing. And that was on that was on like one of the free that on, TV. That was on Rampage. I saw yeah. that one live. They beat Some of the, the best piss out of each other. Oh, yeah. Like, remember there? Because, I mean, she didn't have a lot of good ones, but there was a, a random, like, rampage with, like, Jade Cargill versus Red Velvet, where Red Velvet was just pinballing around the ring for Jade, and it was awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, Red, Red Velvet, who has finally come back, like, after injury, uh, she's, she's way better than she's given credit for. If she was in NXT, there would be people literally jerking off about her, how good she oh, is. Like, oh, yeah. There, there would day. be people, like, using her as an example of why the AEW women's division sucks. And instead, like, we have to see them, like, do the same thing with, like, like, oh, my God, this is so good. And it's, like, some, like, it's, like, some trainee throwing, <laughs> like, mid-level kicks. Or... Like that one you posted earlier of the finish to like Zia, what's her last name? Zia, Zia Lee, Zia Lee, Zia Lee versus yeah, Zia Lee. And, and, that and was like, on Raw. yeah, and people were commenting that on that like uncritically, and it's like, wow, this is no, dog. It, it, it was bad. It was real bad. It was like this should not be on. This should not be on the main show. No, uh, and it arguably should not even be on like NXT, and it's can it's. I, can I talk about both of those? Both of those women have been in developmental, and uh, I guess now it's the main roster, but they've been in it for for years, years, and it's like you should. This should not be what I'm seeing. I don't think Zealy's bad, but her gimmick is stupid. Like you should never. So this is a problem I have, and I think it's people too inside the bubble struggle with, <laughs> is like the. Oh yeah, she's a striker, but this time the strikes are different, and she hurts people. Like it's so stupid. It doesn't work in wrestling. Like if she was loading her boot up, that would be a better heel gimmick than just oh she. She's I mean, cut people with her kicks. If you remember, Zia Lee did like legit concuss Mercedes Martinez. Oh, I know it's yeah. that, that, so they made a they made a they made a gimmick out of it. No, she can she did worse than concuss her. Remember because she was doing um. She was doing fencing. I think they call it fencing. Yeah, the when the the guarding, uh, the hand guarding. Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, she was doing that. Like um, that. Remember when Tom Savage for the Texans got tackled real bad, and he was doing that in the game, and they let him back in. She was doing that. Yeah, that's that is straight up, like that is classic no questions concussion in progress kind of stuff. 
And yeah, yeah, it's 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 like it's essentially it's like a neurological symptom. Yeah. And so anytime that happens, it's like that's actually real bad. You just need basically to stop whatever the activity is and attend to like that you, person. You can go UFC shows with guys getting knocked out and see any of them get their bell rung so bad that they do that, and she kicks someone, and it was a totally irresponsible kick too because she threw it blind. She threw it mm-hmm. blind. She did not look where it was going, and she threw it full power. It was. I hope I hope someone in the back ripped her a new one over that because that's cool. just. Mm-mm. And she gets a lot of hype for kicks, and I, I'm sorry, Matt. Who who's the, I can't, I'm you're I'm brain dead today. Who who is the Tokyo Joshi Pro girl that throws the head kicks? Oh, uh, hold on, sorry, my my daughter like jerked in my arms. Um, uh, Mia yeah. Yama, Yamashita. Yeah. So if you watch her kicks. Which she so she so what the difference between her kicks are, which look amazing. I've showed Shad gifts of her doing it, and he's even commented that her kicks look good. But she doesn't like where where Zia knocked out Mercedes, and she caught her with like her foot. Yeah. And uh, what, what Takashita does is she tends to catch people with like just the bulk of her leg. Yeah, it's uh, I'm sure it's by design. Uh, it still visually looks like just impressive, but uh, it, it's she basically almost like wraps the leg around her head, where it's like really like what's making impact looks to be more like the calf, her calf, uh, with okay. their head. She's throwing uh, it back then instead of and hitting well, it's with like her a calf spin instead of the kick, heel. But it almost okay. like when she spins it, the leg like kind of wraps around her her the calf like wraps around almost like the back of the, her opponent's head. Yeah. Yeah, and, again, and I think I, that looks so good too is is the way she does that because it's so much I, I know the joke meat slapping meat because she's using like so much body mass to make impact, it adds like a real weight to it. Whereas what Zia does doesn't look as visually impressive because she's using her foot so there's not that that satisfying like kind of contact but what she's doing while looking worse is also more dangerous because she's using like her foot which if that makes contact is going to do more damage than if you're a little off you catch someone with your calf so i i mean i i would be really fascinated to learn like the i I know you don't want to do like the magician shows tricks but i really would like to know the mechanics of how uh like throws that because i i'm sure it's by design the way she does it it looks, to the extent you could, it looks somewhat controlled. And I think the way that she does it, where she, like, wraps it around, it's, like, it's not actually, like, making any, well, I think real, like, I'm, I'm hurting you contact. Like, I think, I think that's but it easier. looks amazing. But I think it's easier to feed, too. And, I mean, Shag can correct me on this. Because she is hitting you with so much mass, like, you just have to wait for the contact and you can go down. Whereas with, like, a foot, you kind of have to guesstimate what's going to happen so first of all the i'm going to come from at this point throwing good looking kicks was a big part of a lot of my gimmicks when i was working um i had a taekwondo muay thai background like i can throw some kicks and uh what you're talking about with the um the lady in uh joshi pro she's throwing a backspin heel kick but she's not hitting with the heel or the foot and it is, it looks, I mean, it looks great because what she, what she's doing is she's 
whenever you throw that, if you really want to hit with one of those and you want it to do some damage, you can either hit with your leg extended and, and pull your foot so you hit with the heel. So it's like a very small spinning impact that's going to hit right into your head. Or when you throw it, the way that I always did it is whenever you turn and you pull the heel towards your butt as you turn so it adds more momentum on that foot coming in. As I remember watching her stuff, I think that what she's doing is doing it in the middle. So it's kind of a bent leg spinning heel kick. So it's not hitting like, you know, it's not like a, the small focused area hitting like a truck. And where she's hitting with the meteor portion, it blunts the impact and it's easier to bump off of as opposed to, here comes the foot, oh gosh, if I time this wrong, it's going to look really bad, but if I go too late, then it's just absolutely going to thwack the shit out of me. Mm. Um, and the fact that she's doing it with a, a spin heel kick means that she's got way, way more forgiving um, surface to be working with as opposed to like someone throwing, oh, okay. Here, Matt just threw me the, just threw me a link. Let me see. Some yes, yes, because that that's pretty much it. The other thing that she's doing is instead of it, like that very first one she does. Okay, the second one is more with the foot, but okay, okay, I see what it is. Okay, okay, I'm sorry, I'm wrong. I was talking out of my ass. I was presupposing. She's turning this. No, there it is. That's how she did it that time. The first couple in this clip, she's throwing it, but instead of it, her hips being turned vertically and it hitting like a spin heel kick, her hips are kind of vertical, so she's hitting with the side of the foot, which doesn't have that small impact area. But with these other clips, um, some of them she's doing that, and then some of them she's hitting with the meat of her leg, and it's it's easy that's that's just a hell of a lot easier on the person cuz if you if you kick somebody with your calf then it's not going to be the same as striking with the bone but Brad's right it is easier to feed off of that so it looking looking at that compilation not every single time she uh Miu throws it but some of them it's it taking that also seems to be there's a there is potentially some uh, participation by proponent in the sense that sometimes when she's throwing it, if they time it correctly, like right when her foot is going to quote unquote impact them, mm -hmm. they can like throw their head back. Yeah, that's more of a that's that's a little takes a little more skill. Yeah, Thunder probably, Rosa probably, did that in the one that just came up. Yeah, um, probably the more like uh, probably the more seasoned like experienced wrestlers can do that where they they time it to right where her her foot would be contacting them their their head. They like throw their head back. So if they time it correctly, it looks like oh she just kicked me and I, my head's like whiplashing back. Mm -hmm. uh, and they never actually took any sort of contact really, uh, but it visually looks like they did. And but that's that's the more skilled one. Some of them, you know, obviously she is like just, effectively kicking the person. But again, and a lot of them looks like she's wrapping it around. It's a, it's a worked kick. It, yeah. That's how I sold super kicks. When a super kick would come in. I would time it and snap my head back whenever it got close. So let's say that I threw it a little too early. Guess what? Didn't matter. In the kinetics of the moment, it, I'm, it's coming in, it's getting close, and when I snap my head back, you don't, if, if it did make contact, it could be anywhere, and there's just so much kinetic energy, my head whips. Like, 
so yeah, you're right. You know, you timer Thunder Rosa did it great in those because those were both kicks that uh, were very well worked, but then Rosa rolled with them properly and sold them like death. It was great. There's um, she has one of my favorite endings to a match. Actually, one of my favorite bursts of a tag team is her and Maki Ito. She does that head kick on Maki Ito. And Maki Ito, like, struggles to her feet, like, even crawls, like, up her legs, gets to her feet, flips her the double bird, and she head kicks her into oblivion. Mm-hmm. And she actually respected the gall so much that she started tagging with her afterwards. <laughs> uh, as an aside, like, Maki Ito, people who, like, sleep on Maki Ito, like, she has improved, like, tremendously, in my opinion, in the ring. Like she's yeah, not she, uh she's not like a Jamie Hader where she's you know like or Athena where it's like you're almost like as good as it gets like you're you're fantastic but I think she's improved a ton. She's done enough where she's not a liability in the ring and she unfairly gets crapped on because like that random dynamite match was Britt Baker's fault not hers. Uh, I'm I'm not as high on Britt Baker than a lot of people are. I don't think I personally don't think Britt Baker is very good. Uh, she's, she's a star, so, but, I mean, yeah, but I don't think as the worker, she's all that great. I, I honestly, I will give Britt Baker one little break, though, is I think her keeping her day job really hampered her as far as, like, being a television talent. Mm-hmm. It probably also screwed with her back, too. Being a dentist and hunched over and doing that sort of stuff probably did not do her any favors with her back, so... Yeah, but I would say, though, with that match in particular, I, I would blame her because I think if, if someone is coming into a guest in your promotion and it's a bad match, it's your fault because it's your promotion and you're supposed to make it work, unless they're just outright terrible. But like I tend to think that the home talent is at fault for those kind of matches. I'm not sure where I fall on that because it might I might say that's more of a Booker thing because you would be it seems to me that if that's the stuff you're going to be doing you know you have a, a guest coming in you need to have a go to you need to have a um, a trusted person that you're like I, I can trust this person to work good with anybody yeah, well, where I think though, like, let's say, let's say, let's let's use an example. So let's say you were coming up from Kentucky to wrestle, like, where where I live, and I was like the guy you were gonna wrestle. Okay. And let's say our match sucks because let's say you come in and you work like what works in Kentucky, and let's say it just dies in front of the crowd, and like it doesn't work. That's my fault because when you come up, I should be like, okay, well, like, what do you do? Like, well, okay, so that we need to like kick the tempo up a little bit here because that's not going to work here or like if i was coming down to kentucky you would have to say well no this up tempo crap's not going to work here we got to slow it down and do this and this like i think that's where it falls on the home talent is to be like okay well what do you do okay well this will work here so we can do that but like i would suggest you do this differently because this crowd's not going to like that or it's not what they're used to like i think that's where the home I, i see where you're coming from on that front because um, like I like if like I feel like in that sense like let's say you came up here, and you work too slow that's my fault because I should have said okay we need to, like, like they'll like the kicks but we need to we need to, to keep it a little like fast paced. Sure, 
it, it one of those they like go 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 here more. That I, I follow yeah. what you're saying. Or if I came down there, it's like, well, this crowd's gonna just not like the top rope fuckinator because they're gonna <laughs> think it's stupid. like, okay, well, we won't do that then. All right, I like that name for it. I'm gonna name for the over the top move. I'm gonna have to come up with one of my own just because that amuses me far too much. But I don't. That was a Reddit poster, I think, that said that, and I've never been able to let it go just because it's like such a perfect, such a perfect name. Yeah, yeah, it's. Well, okay, so I've been listening to a, um, I've been listening to a, a podcast series, and one of the guys was talking, they were talking about characters and stories, and how, yeah, you can put a character in a story or an RPG who's a, you know, he's a, a badass, like, fighter guy and that sort of stuff, but if that's all he can do, then he's going to get real boring real quick. He's, and the line that, the line he used that killed me, was he said, I don't care how badass Killfuck Soul Shitter is. If he can't start a car, then he's going to be real boring. And I was like, wow, that name evo- evokes that that whole character type perfectly. I do, I do have one argument to that. In Final Fantasy VI, you can literally um, suplex a train with uh, Sabin, and that is enough. Right, but... It, that's that's part of the character is that he's kind of a savant at doing that stuff. It's not him yeah, not yeah, being yeah. able to do anything else is intended to be part of the character. Yeah. Now, okay, so so back on topic because we had mm-hmm. I, I still say Zia Lee should be loading the boot. I think crowds would react that much better because just the heel knocking people out. I think even in this day and age is kind of ho hum versus like that motherfucker is like. If if it's legal, if it's legal, if you're like, oh, you know, I'm going to, if it's legal for you to throw a kick that's really nasty, like, I don't know, Malachi Black, why wouldn't you try and do that all the time? What's so heelish yeah. about doing a legal move? I'm yeah, with and, you on that, Brad. And like, so like, I'll, I'll use an old school example that they should have ripped off since Triple H professes love old school so much. So like the grappler used to do the loaded boot gimmick, but his excuse for the the, the the altered boot was one foot was shorter than the other so he needed a lift in one boot so his boot always had like this weird little bit of white on the bottom of it mm-hmm. because of lift so that was always the boot he loaded but then he would like stomp his foot and stuff because that was loading the boot like i think that's just a better it's more tangible you have to show the crowd what you're doing it's you remember when we were talking about DiBiase loading the glove and where I had heard him talk about it, but I had not seen him do it. I was like, how do we, how is he conveying that to the crowd? And when he extends his arm to the glove and like very clearly puts something in it, I'm like, oh, okay, now I got it. Um, but, you know, just being like, just turn around and hit him and then you like pull, pull a chain out of your glove or something like that. It's like, well, that doesn't work. Because you're telling the punchline before the setup. Yeah. You, you you have to show everybody what you're going to do. So, anyway. Yeah. So, David Pumpkins. So the, Wait, no, that's a more credible. So, with Billy Pumpkins. So, pumpkin. <laughs> yes. So, I don't... So, the, so, they had a Halloween show, which I don't know why they did this show. Because if you look at the results of the show, 
I don't understand why they thought their audience would like that kind of a show. But um, so and it's called it was called I want to say Sam Hain, but that's wrong. It's not how you pronounce it. It's like Sa- Sam Hain. Sam Hain. Yeah, that's it. You got it. Thank God. So they did this angle <laughs> with I well I was I was stressing about it all day because like I'd heard how to say it right and I couldn't remember it. I like yeah. Fuck, I'm gonna say this wrong on the show. <laughs> so they did this. They did this, and 212 people bought this. So this shows like how stupid it is. So they did this. This. The segment on the show with like um, James Mitchell and strippers like doing lines of coke, and um, like I, I well first like because it got out there real quick because that's probably the only memorable thing on the show. But it's like, well for starters, like who, what what good does that angle do? Does that draw you any money? And secondly, like well that's not for their audience. And then I know I know he's a clown, but Brian Last actually made a really great point that I don't think people really brought up is that he said, you know, I think part of the problem is is like cocaine isn't like safe like it used to be. Quite. Well, I mean, I, I, the Four Quarters podcast does not endorse no, no. cocaine as as but, but being was, safe at any point. But no, but back in the day. Was, what he was saying though is it's like it's not a punchline anymore because like all these idiots are are cutting it with fentanyl now, so like all these people are oh, no. dying instead of it yeah, just being there was some there was some story from like the last year or two where it's like all these actors uh, at a party in in Hollywood and actors is like a generous term. You're talking about people that are like probably like <laughs> like, like, like I wouldn't even know if they're D list. They're like uh, I had like a small part on some show that was on a streaming service that you never even heard of the show. But anyway, they like it was a party. They all did like cocaine, but it was it was cut with fentanyl. So like out of four of them, like three of them died. Mm-hmm. Like they all like three of them OD'd. The, the fourth one OD'd too. I think she just happened to survive. It's like that's yeah. I mean, that's what happens now. Like, no, I read it. It's, it's so bad now. It's mm-hmm. so bad now that I've read like the drug cartels are starting to threaten to kill people if they catch them doing it mm-hmm. because they're killing all their customers. Well, yeah. because – and this was something that I learned from – I work with a lot of people in recovery. And what happens is as soon as you um, – <clears throat> as soon as you put – you have someone die from something of your product, people flock to you. To get that because, oh man, that has got to be even better. So you're you're getting pressure from both directions in that front, and I'm gonna be. It didn't make any sense to me because I was like, why, why would you want to kill your customers? It, it was the Ozzy Osbourne thing. No, I don't want my customers commit. I don't want my fans to commit suicide. I want to sell them records. Uh, but. That's just, it's I mean, not how it works, and it's part of the uh, SUD mindset. Well, and most of the people selling it are addicts, too, so. It, it depends. There are some sellers who are very strict on the, I don't affil- I don't associate with people I sell to, I don't get high on my own supply, I don't do any of that. And then some of them are just like, you know, I sell this stuff to finance my own habit. There's a gamut would, on that front. I would argue the non-addicts are probably not doing the short-sighted, I cut this with fentanyl shit. Well, 
it's weirder than that too because sometimes they don't even know that this is happening there's um there okay so the sinaloa cartel was the one that figured out that heroin grows heroin grows really well in that certain part of mexico well then whenever they discovered you know heroin's way fentanyl is even stronger they could legally import all of the ingredients from china to mexico and then make fentanyl well it's not like they're setting up clean room labs to do it with and so you get cross contamination and it's like oh it's not it's not as fun as you got your chocolate and my peanut butter and you got your peanut butter and my chocolate it's like oh well you know there's some fentanyl and the there's some fentanyl in the pot, and it's like, well, it'll be fine, whatever. Or if they even notice sometimes. So, some of it may not even be intentional. But, to go back to the original point, I don't understand how having that particular scene is helpful at all. Mm-hmm. Like, what... I. I didn't see it. I didn't honestly particularly care. But what is it that is... Um, sorry, excuse me. What is? What was that supposed to accomplish? What was I the don't point? Know. Oh, and I, I think I had heard that it was a spot that... It, right, it's like, well, what, what was the purpose of this? What does it serve? I think it was a spot that allegedly Billy Corgan like actually pushed to happen. And it's like, yeah, but why? What? Like, like I, is what, what's the angle here? Like what, what, what was like this for? And I don't know. Like, I don't think anyone knows. Uh, and then you started hearing, uh, well, you hear that this pissed off, uh, the CW mm-hmm. that they allegedly have, had a deal or at least like maybe a handshake deal or discussions with i guess it's i guess it's unclear like billy corgan has sweared like oh no we have we have a deal we had a deal he's like i think he said like oh we signed a deal with the network but i don't know well, like maybe it's a uh, uh maybe again maybe it was like a handshake deal uh but allegedly this spot it pissed off a lot of people including executives with the cw who would then like you know, maybe we don't want like your your content on our on our network. Maybe if at best you'll you'll just be on like our streaming services or on, online, which uh, is not ideal, obviously. Uh, well, I don't I don't understand like so um, I don't understand. So can I can I do my conspiracy theory to what I think really happened here? Go for it. Okay. So this is what I think happened. So remember, right before that deal got announced, Billy Corgan had that massive shit fit because Dave rightly called him out for shitting on wrestlers that he would sign like without a second thought if he had the money to do it. Okay. I remember he had that massive shit fit and even went on like Kurt Angle's podcast because he was so butthurt and like put out that statement via the NWA's official Twitter. Vaguely, uh, I know it happened. I didn't, yeah, I didn't so, track it too close. So right after that, like a couple of days after that, they announced the deal. So this is what I think happened. I think he got so bent out of shape that this deal was like 
I think they were talking about it, but I think he thought they were far further along than they were. Mm-hmm. And I thought, thought it was just a matter of like, you know, getting some stuff signed and all of that. So what I think happened is then, so he got so bent out of shape over what Dave said that he announced the deal like as a gotcha for Dave. Okay. Thinking that he'd get finished behind the scenes. Now, this is what I think happened is then I think WWE's been shopping stuff and I think they were legitimately surprised about like the NWA getting signed by a network, no less. So I think what happened is the WWE wasn't trying to steal anything. They were just like, hey, um, they had contacts there. And they're like, hey, uh, we're just curious because, you know, we're shopping this show. Like, what did you pay them? Or just like, what was the range? And then the WWE realized, oh, wait, they haven't actually finalized anything. They're just in talks. And there's like, well, if you're going to pay them that, why don't you just give that for NXT? And, you know, the CW not be being run by idiots were like, well, we'll take the better product. And I think that's how they swiped the deal from, mm. from the NWA. I mean, if you... I... And I, think, and I think I think the coke angle is just them was just the NWA gave them a perfect excuse. Yeah. If you actually, not that my wife and I watch a lot of CW, we we were watching like Riverdale, uh, which I guess ended. Which that's we could do an entire show on Riverdale. I don't think any of you watched it, but it is such a ridiculous show. Uh, that it, it started off ridiculous and then got increasingly horrible and bizarre. But anyway, I thought the first season was okay, except they wrote the adults terribly. I felt really old having um, Luke Perry as a dad, but also they they botched Jughead horribly. A- everything, was everything was bizarre and nonsensical by the end. the The last season. Or actually, I, you know, I haven't even we haven't even watched the last season. It was like the the next to last season. It just went straight. It was like it, supernatural. It, it was it? supernatural slash like superhero. I'm not even joking. It's just it made no sense. Anyway, um, we watched that, but outside of that, we haven't really watched much on that network. Uh, we used to watch Flash, but we stopped. Uh, and I don't know. That, slow descent into hell anyway I think, I think flash like either ended or is going to end i don't, I don't know anyway point is like <laughs> that the, the programs on that sh- on that network like don't do a lot like if they get like a 1.0 like i'd be surprised that's like awesome. and that's like the most popular show. massive amounts of money too because that came out recently oh yeah they they were like oh we're on track we only lost like x amount this this year versus like even more it's mm. like okay uh point is like i should think i heard uh brian alvarez make this point he doesn't expect uh nxt to be doing appreciably any better than they do he basically thinks they're going to be pulling the same ratings as they've been pulling on usa i think they might dip down to what they're doing before just by the other households yeah but i don't think i see them going into a million yeah but what his argument was and i think he's accurate is that if they're pulling like what they what they are pulling or even if you if you're like you said like a little bit less it's like if they do 600 700,000 consistently a week that's that's probably like 100 to 200,000 dollars uh, to uh, 100 to 200,000 viewers more than whatever else they have in that time slot at least and, and the other thing is 
The other thing is, I thought actually that's not the argument I thought he was going to make. My my argument would be, if you had your choice between NXT and the NWA, like NXT at its worst is going to do what you hope NW, what you're like optimistically hoping the NWA might do someday. Yeah. Yeah, I heard Alvarez make that argument, and it struck me. It's like that's that's a really good point. It's like if 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 you're going to hit that level out of the gate and just stay there as opposed to having to try to build to it's like that's fantastic you know the why why if you're if you're running a business of course that's what you're going to do yeah Um, and people don't get because this is the same thing they always that the stupid AEW haters don't understand is like yeah AEW ratings aren't amazing (laughs) But they're better than anything else that channel's doing, and they're pulling a demo that channel does not get on its own. Mm-hmm. See, I think the other big misstep for the Samhain pay-per-view was, if you're going to do that, how do you do something like that and not have David S. Pumpkins show up just somewhere in the middle of it? Because the mimetic portion of that would just blast through the internet in no time it'd be great but i guess tom hanks is a tough get and then i think they're too stupid to even like use this to at least get heat on james mitchell like with the fans i could understand not wanting to throw shade on mitchell for something that wasn't his idea i would i would i would fucking have him come out there and cut promos and fucking laugh about it because, you know, he doesn't care. <laughs> no, no, didn't he blow up his own hand in ECW? No, he lit, there, uh, there was, there was literally a promo in SMW where he called the dirty white girl that parking lot filatrix on TV. Wow. So. I ain't uh, even mad. I'm actually impressed with that. That's. He. That he did that off the top of his head, yeah. I mean, yeah. it's just like, I is like, I bow to you, sir. You are a true wordsmith. That's that's what I'm saying. Though he doesn't care. Like, I mean, do you know what he did before he was in wrestling? He was like, uh, he was like one of those lounge acts that would like insult the audience. Oh, a, that's like, he was an insult comic. Kind of. He's kind of like um what Richard Cheese is. But he does like his act. Okay, I've only heard Richard Cheese's songs. I haven't, I haven't seen him live. He's kind of like, yeah, he's just kind of like a, he kind of is like a lounge act that like insults the crowd. So, like, I he doesn't, he doesn't care. <laughs> kind That's of a Don Rickles that, thing, right? Yeah, like, but I'm saying like. So, like, you have this crowd that's hyper-partisan. Like, just have them fucking laugh about it and be like, yeah, I did that, and, like, I'm not sorry. Like, it'd probably get him heat. Okay. Yeah, I could see that. Just, oh, I'm sorry. Does anybody know where it snows around here this time of year? Yeah. <laughs> okay, I could see that. I could see that. I don't know. It's. But it's just... But, like, look at that card, though. Like, because I looked at that card, I'm like, well, who... I mean, it was obviously for no one because no one watched it, but... Right. It's, um... Like, I would not have put that 
that on for their audience because, and I wouldn't have done the Coke thing with their audience because I would assume, this is just my assumption based on how they run their show, is their audience is probably an older crowd, probably a little more on the conservative side that watched wrestling in the 80s and probably noped out when ECW was doing that stuff in the 90s. Why do they want to see you doing that crap um, 20 years later? Or you don't have to be so overt with it. You can still give the impression of it without throwing it in their face. You know, if... Yeah, but, but, like, I'm, I'm saying this is, like... I'm saying this is a 42-year-old man. That, and the NW is not my scene. But, like, if you're doing, like, a coke angle with a bunch of strippers on, like, a wrestling program, like, I'm already on my phone, like looking at something else and you've completely lost my interest because that's what I'm not there for. Right. Like I'm not horny, like 22 year old anymore. Yeah. It's like, I can literally type something into my phone and have boobs. Like, so. (laughs) Okay. All right. Yeah. I I see where you're coming from on that one. I don't know, man. It, It just, the idea of like, oh no, I'll get heat with the crowd if I do this. It's like, okay, yeah, maybe, but just getting heat is not always, just getting heat is not a good reason to do something all the time. It's, it's not just getting heat was how, you know, it sounds like Russo's crash TV idea. It's like, no, man, it's just, it's something that gets people to watch. It's like, well, there's this really toxic and stupid idea, especially with a lot of online people. But like, I think a lot of wrestling insiders fall for the, have always fallen for that is like, they think any sort of heat is good when that's like, not true. No, because there's, you know, boo, why the fuck did I pay for this? Yeah, there's there's the kind of heat that gets people to walk out the door and never come back, and it, that's not even X Pac heat. That is, I am either so turned off or disgusted by this that I don't want to be a part of it anymore. You can't push it too far. You know, you can't you can't say it's. I I tap danced right up to that line in my last gimmick. And I knew I was, but I was also trying to do it in a way that was so over the top that it was clear the gimmick I was doing was deranged. So it was not, I was trying to aggravate people by the crazy guy is saying stuff I don't like, but it's also clear that he's like, there is something very wrong with him. And the other thing that's done with this is um, they did it in Cleveland. And like I don't, I know you guys don't live in Ohio, but like Northern Ohio is like a hotbed of like opioid ODs. Yeah. Oh wow. Okay. So it was like, I mean, I I, th- I don't think they're crowd care because it's probably a bunch of rich white people, but like, so it's just it's a stupid thing to do that could have instantly alienated the live crowd too because it's a problem where it's a problem like in in and around that area. Mm-hmm. You, so I, you're tapping on the raw nerves too directly. Yes. Yeah. Because you could have you if you had, had like if you had been like a less like insular online thing and you were like a local promotion like you could have had a bunch of people there that knew people that had like died from something similar. Yeah. Yeah. Don't you don't want to do that. Yeah. 
I look, uh, Billy Corgan has just—he's made a lot of decisions that make no sense to me whatsoever. And one no, of the like, biggest ones is why. I, I'm sorry, Brad. I'll get to you. Just I, no. One of the biggest ones is just Tyrus? Question mark. Yeah, like, that's about that's about the day. I like, I told my wife. I said, look, I had I I said the fact that I watched the NWA World Heavyweight Champion in a match and knew without a shadow of a doubt that I was better should be should be an indication that something is wrong. <laughs> like, it should be very clear that something is not right if I could look at that and go, I could have had a better match than that on my worst night. I could have had a fucking better match than that. I could have at least run the ropes. I'm not even fucking trained. I could have at least come off the ropes and, like, fallen on someone more convincingly than he did. Yeah. And I don't know why. And and I I don't, honestly, I don't know why he leaned into that so long. Uh, Our friend Justin, I think, sent a a video around to us that was, was it Justin or was it uh, more different Brad, that sent a video around to us that was where the NWA was trying to get Effie to come in after they got rid of Tyrus. And he's like, no, I'm not, I'm not bailing you out. Yeah. He has a point. Effie who, uh, people who are not aware of is legit. Uh, remember the LGBTQ community. Well, Tyrus, is, Tyrus is not made very kind comments about the LGBTQ. Well, they, they did fucking Max the Impaler on shows with Tyrus. Mm-hmm. But still, you had you had Tyrus there, and it's a bad look. It's a bad look for your champion to be actively doing that for potential fans. You know, it, it's just from a mass media standpoint. If you're trying to draw fans, that doesn't seem like a good move. Well, and and the thing is, though, like let's say you were trying to get crossover fans from like the Fox News crowd, like where I I feel like I feel like there was like some poor choices in that strategy is like one i don't think a lot of those people are interested in wrestling and two even if they were interested in wrestling like even a casual is going to realize he sucks yeah like go that that right there is what the phrase exposing the business really needed to be about because it's not telling somebody you know hey this is how you work that it's Going out in the ring and putting on something so embarrassingly bad that you cannot ignore the other guys just letting you do it. Uh, speaking of exposing the business, did you look at that Spider-Man panel I posted the other day? Um, which one was that? So now it was look. Spider-Man number 38. I think it's in the other media of the Discord. So it's a guy falling out of the ring because it's the bad guy and he's trying all these ventures that he's failing at. And his opponent's like, hey, you wasn't supposed to fall out of the ring yet. And he's like, I'm, a, I'm like, sorry, I slipped because he's like hmm. falling out of the ring. And I'm like, oh, um, that really, I should probably post that for Lance Storm so he can stop sounding like an idiot. <laughs> Let's see, I can post it. But yeah, like, I, I just... But yeah, you're right. That is exposing the business because, like I said, you don't have to like be smart to know when something sucks. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's it's pretty clear when it's bad. You know, and I I that was my biggest concern was that I never wanted to be I I never wanted to be the match on the card that had someone be like, "Oh. Oh, you you're you ruined this for everybody else." And it's Okay, I see what you're talking about. Yeah, that's from 1966. Yeah. Someone was saying there's a movie from like the 30s where they're like doing a pro wrestling match and the guy's like in a Boston Crab or something and talking to someone in the front row and it's like... (laughs) Well, someone's saying... I can't find it there. They're saying someone like exposed the business in like the New York Times in like 1928 or something. Yeah. That's a whole other thing to get into, and I would have to go do some serious research on that because yeah, I know Vince gets a lot of heat for saying it was fake, but Vince only did that to try and get the athletic commissions to stop trying to rob them blind. Yeah, and it's not like that was. It's not like you you didn't have people already saying that it it was kind of an open secret. As opposed, and and even today, you have some people who think that they're going to rock your world. You know, it's fake, right? And it's like, come on. How stupid do you honestly think I am? Well, they don't say it to me, but it's like, come on, man. You're not, you're not, you're not reinventing the wheel with saying that. It's like, you know, it it's it's less fake than the last Marvel movie is, or whatever. Um, but the cat's been out of the, you know, Brad, you said it yourself. The cat's been out of the bag for a while. I just don't I mean, know it's, it's, where. I mean, there's clips from like 1958 of like Groucho Marx teasing Wild Red Berry on TV, like about it being fake. D- hasn't Miltzer said? Like, oh yeah, they knew it was fake. Like, yeah, at, least in, the, at least in the yeah. 70s. I mean, we yeah. obviously go yeah. further back, but, but that was that was part of the whole. Probably like the thing. earliest time that he would be like actually watching shows live. That's the, that's the whole argument how with Lance Storm, where Lance Storm was acting like everyone still thought it was above board in the '90s, and people were like, "That is not true." Like I used to go to the matches, and the same guy that would be getting red faced at what the heels were doing would then turn around when they did like a fuck finish and be like, "Oh man, they're running this ending again." <laughs> yeah. God forbid you sit down and just kind of enjoy the show and go for the ride. I feel like what I feel like the disconnect is, especially with old time wrestling people is like, I think they're, they're misconstruing people that are suspending disbelief and trying to go along with the show versus like actually fooling them. Yeah. You've got to be able to suspend it enough that, that it's not hard to to go for the ride, but there are some people who are because like, but and there's also like a certain romanticism, like when you when you read art, it, like like I'll use a great example of something that's way overblown that is an urban legend is Orson Welles' War of the Worlds broadcast mm-hmm. did not cause a, a, a public panic, like it did briefly. But they told everybody oh, what was going on early. 
it absolutely did not. It even lost the ratings to the show it was running against that night. And, like, it caused some people to panic, but it was very, like, overblown in the newspapers. Like, it was straight up just, like, clickbait beforehand. But it even lost the ratings to, like, the show it was running against. Like, it wasn't that big a deal. Like, it, it just, yeah. I think, like, I think a couple of people freaked out. But even the show itself, like, tells you straight up, like, yeah, this is, like, a fake program. And, like, I've listened to it. Like, you can tell it's not real. And I think he, I think too, at the time, he had even been the shadow. Yeah. For years at that point. So, like, and I think he was the main narrator. So, I don't even think, like, I think people would have known it was fake just by his voice. Maybe so. But yeah, that's a legend. Like, it, it did not cause the, the panic that it's believed to have caused. And I think Pinky and the Brain did a parody of that at some point. They may have. But that's a great it's a great example though of things that like like there's a lot of things um like that though where they say things like that about ye olden times that you actually read about it's like oh no you just think people are way were way like more ill-informed back in the day than they actually were you're saying there's rose-colored glasses because i remember the good yeah. stuff and don't remember the stuff that is screwed up yeah um, so fun fact um the modern idea of the Loch Ness monster actually started with a drunk guy that had just seen King Kong in like Scotland. I remember we went in depth on that when we did a cryptids episode because it was like yeah. it had been out for what like two weeks whenever that mm -hmm. first one came along, and it was straight up the thing from the movie. <laughs> yep, because they're getting eaten by like brontosauruses, I think. <laughs> Which the Brontosaurus is back too. Yes, they they they've reinstated the Brontosaurus. It's there's it's separate from the Apatosaurus. I don't know is why. It, I don't know how. I just know what happened. Is it the same as it was, or is it like to the Google box? Is Pluto a planet yet, or is is that still? Are they still? continuing that stupidity Isn't it like a planetoid or something dwarf it's planet. a planet planet they can neil degrasse tyson can go fuck himself like it's a planet <laughs> all right let's see here let's see here where is the all right hang on 20th century paleontologists agreed the apatosaurus and brontosaurus should be a single genus uh Apatosaurus had been published first. Brontosaurus was considered a junior synonym and discarded for formal use. Despite this, at least one paleontologist argued in the 90s that they were sufficiently distinct that the latter merits a separate genus. In 2015, an extensive study of diplodocid uh, relationships concluded that the Brontosaurus was indeed a valid genus distinct from the Apatosaurus. The scientists developed a statistical method to more objectively assess the differences between fossil genera and species to, and concluded the Brontosaurus could be resurrected as a valid name. They assigned the, the two former Apatosaurus species to Brontosaurus as well. The publication was met with criticism. It criticized the mass media reaction to the study as superficial and premature. 
So some right, of so them, some of them still say that it's a synonym. So this, so you were reading that, and it just reminds. So it's pretty much just scientists like flinging their own poo at each other, is what that reads <laughs> like. It's one of them is saying, "Yeah, it's different enough to be have a different name." And the other saying, "No, no, it's not." And it's like, but it, yeah, huh? No, uh. Like no, I like you can't you can't mess with my published paper saying they're totally the same thing. Like bad. Like just scrolling down a little bit, the the statement is that based off of the the vertebrae, a brontosaurus had a much much thicker neck than other uh, diplodocids of that type. So it's like the the heavier type as opposed to the way the others are supposed to, you know what let's just say the brontosaurus doesn't matter yeah it's, i'm anyone, fine with it you know it's it's anyone that disagrees just i don't know there is find something in your life there's a patasaurus and there's brontosaurus and that's fine and so we've declared pluto is a planet and the brontosaurus <laughs> if you don't like it school. suck it I'm old school. I, I, I've always... I've still called it Brontosaurus, even. Uh, it was like, oh, Patasaurus. No. Still real. Brontosaurus is so stupid. Brontosaurus is a cooler name. They should have at least kept that name. Nothing else. It just flows better. You're just a bunch of fucking big-ass chickens anyway. So who gives a shit? <laughs> <clears throat> and that's another good way of describing Billy Corkin. <laughs> That's not Billy fair. Billy doesn't have the tenacity and viciousness of a chicken, yeah. especially a pack of chickens. Man, I, I... Or a rooster. Roosters are mean little fuckwads. I do not understand. Like, during the power days, they had this... They had built their brand to be... a, a an older style of wrestling with with contemporary stars. It was a more of an old school style and presentation and that scratches an itch that you know a lot of people have. But I don't know what they're doing now. The problem is is he is before it was Dave Lagana, he had a roadmap. And now it's mostly Billy Corgan, and he's probably most likely what I think's happened is he doesn't have anyone there to tell him no. You're probably right. And I think his general instincts are bad. And like a lot of the creative stuff was Dave Lagana, you know, tempering it with like creativity or saying like, well, no, you can't do that because it won't go over well. Yeah. Because the worst thing you can have in any creative endeavor, and it's something I actually get annoyed with when people defend decisions because they're like, well, people weren't getting along, so they needed to get rid of that person. I'm like, well, no. Like, when you look at, like, really great creative ventures, like, let's say, like, when... Like, let's use, like, early Spider-Man, since I used that earlier, like Steve Ditko and, and Stan Lee, or like Stan Lee and Jack Kirby, and they didn't necessarily get along. But the work was really good. Is I think what people miss is sometimes that conflict is what makes the work so good. 
by not in being in agreement and everything, then that means they're going to come with different viewpoints and that you can churn out some new stuff that way. And because you're clashing, you're also compromising, which means that sometimes that guy that you don't get along with is tempering your bad instincts mm. or like biting off your crutches because they're they're offering you a contrary opinion. Or an alternative you wouldn't have thought of. Yeah. And I think part of that, too, is like sometimes you're creative and they're like, well, no, what you're doing is dumb because of this, this, and this. Why don't you do this? And you're like, because there's times, I don't know if it's ever happened with you, like, where, and I mean, I'll use, I'll use Baldur's Gate 3 as a great example. Mm -hmm. When we got to the end of Act 1 and the boss fight and that, Shad was actually mad because I, like, one-shot the boss because I had my barbarian chuck a barrel onto her head and then I fireballed her to death and Chad was like damn it I wish I would have thought of that (laughs) that's where that's where that conflict comes up right because sometimes you're just like I never would have thought about that on my own in a million years and like I'm actually mad that I never I ever thought about that I also I get frustrated because see one of the things that'll happen for me is it's like oh that was really clever I didn't think of it and then I was like but one of the things I like is I I want to be able to win an epic fight, but I don't want it to be too easy. There's a, a fight in Act 2 that I won too easily, and then I was really frustrated by it, because I was like, man, that wasn't any fun. <laughs> so. So I don't know where the NWA really goes from here though because they seem like such a I don't even know if you can say they're treading water at this point they're they I think they're not the same they haven't the same since Legato left no Um, and I mean they they in fairness to them like a lot of companies they were legit hurt by the pandemic but Mm -hmm. they just between Legato leaving that, that really was like that to me like that was really the blow but they just that in the pandemic they've never recovered and and but i think a lot of the problems post pandemic though has been on the creative side like they've really oh oh absolutely yeah absolutely um like ec3 is a guy who i think I... was fine back in the day in impact and should have been more than he was in the wwe but he has not really done good stuff since then, but it's some, it's was, saying something that like, he's like their champion and it's like, well, thank God. Cause it's like the, the alternative was Tyrus who was embarrassing. I think the control your narrative thing really hurt EC3. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah it was there, there's narrative. kind of a, there's kind of a stink to it. Um, it, the control your narrative thing kind of put a stink to some people that they're attached to it. And it's like, um, if you hadn't done that, it'd be a way easier sell. But I mean, at least with EC3, like I'm, 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 I will defend him. At least when you see EC3 as their champion, you can at least say to yourself, Oh, Hey, like that would have been a great champion five years ago. Like, for something like NWA, like, saying that is not, like, necessarily a bad thing. 
having a guy who looks like a wrestler and looks like a champion is nice. You know, it's yeah, and who was like legitimately a star at some point. Yeah, as opposed to. Did they have, like, Matt Cardona working with them? And, like, they had kind of gotten a little bit of something going, like, 2021, but that's when they put the belt on Tyrus and kind of, like, totally tanked it. Yeah. And then they they did that right around, like, they got some goodwill for that Empower pay-per-view that was pretty good, and then they never did anything with that. And then I was looking at it just because I was talking about in a different Discord. And, like, do you want to know all the belts they have? I'm listening. Oh, I, I looked at the card just uh, a moment, a few moments ago for the the October Samhain, however you pronounce it, uh, pay per view that they did, and if you exclude the dark matches, it was like eleven matches, and I, I think, I think like most of them was for titles. Like they have just a like, ridiculous amount of titles, and people bitch about AEW having like way too many titles, it, even though the WWE has like a tremendous amount of titles and like place like new japan has a, a ton of titles it's like people have too many titles but it regardless it's like nwa is yeah they've regurgitated it, titles like every everything is like a title so this is their belt shad so tell me when you're ready to throw up okay so they have the nwa world title they have the national title they have the world television title they have the world junior title they have the world tag team titles they have the united states titles now, they also have the World Women's title, the World Women's Tag Team titles, and the Women's Television title. Well. And they only do like an hour of TV a week, so they usually only have like three to five matches on TV a week. Yeah. That's so, probably squashes, right? A lot of them. Uh, yeah. Quick. Yeah, I would say so. It, it, it's a, I don't know, I, it, that yes, that's excessive. Like, I could, I could say, like, for example, AEW has too many belts, but it, and yeah, but it also seems like they at least try to use them to, you know, do stuff with them. It's not just have a roster to justify it yeah and they're trying to you know do stuff with it so but this they don't they don't have enough time and they don't have enough people to do no, that because they have enough belts where like almost every one of your regulars has a belt or has held like three titles because like that's just how it goes no don't do that i think zicky dice just came back though oh yeah yeah. Hmm. I think AEW should find him, though. Just do it. So we are... We're just kind of in this place where we're looking at it going, man, uh, they they blew their the best news that they were going to have. Chad. Okay. What? Say it right. They snorted okay. the best. Okay, you're right. You're right. <laughs> you're, you're right. I don't know how I let that get by. Just went out their nose. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's uh, they just uh, ruined their big opportunity, and then um, having 
having the um, just just ruining that opportunity, having it blow up in their face. It's like, well, what do they do now? Because I don't know. I have no idea. Where where do you go from here? I don't know what you do. I feel like they kind of caused some ill will too because they like when they canceled the subscription service last year, I feel like that really did a lot of damage to them too. Yeah. That didn't do any do any favors. Yeah. So I think they were making a decent little chunk of money from people like Matt and me. That were like, well, it's like fifty dollars for a year. So even if I don't watch it, like, who cares? Like, I'll just—I would have spent that on something stupid anyway. Something else stupid, right? <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> well, I don't know what else there is to say on it, so I figure we could probably wrap here. Um, yeah. I don't know. You all, let us know. Are, are we off base on on how we're looking at the NWA? Um, Hit us up on social media, or and I, let it, I do love the I do love that he's now Billy Pumpkins. Though. That's Billy something Pumpkins. that Dan Hassan would come up with. <laughs> it's it's like David S. Cousins less successful. David S. Pumpkins less successful cousin. Yeah, actually, can, can I tell one funny story before we go off? So, um, okay, I was on vacation last week, so I was watching a lot of. Um, so it's on Shutter. It's. They brought, do you remember Joe Bob Briggs from like TNT and like, um, I think Turner Classic Movies back in the day? He would like host horror movies. I do. I think he had like a, maybe still has like a long running, uh, I feel like syndicated column. Yeah, he, he, the, the drive in, I think. Yeah. So uh, he had, um, oh, go ahead. Uh, no, no, that, that was it. Go ahead. Okay. So, so he, uh, I was watching a bunch of those, and so surprisingly, they had Dan Housen as a guest on one of the shows. Actually, two of the shows, because he's on the Halloween episode, too. But so they have Dan Housen on, and he's asking him about a horror movie, and Dan Housen's like, oh, yes. And he starts describing this movie, and he's fucking describing Home Alone as like a horror movie. <laughs> I guess it had I guess they've had Chris Jericho on too because I guess uh, Darcy, the male girl, which is his like sidekick, is like a big AEW fan. Oh, okay. So he's been having like uh, some of those guys on. But there was one, there was another cool one too. He did like a Night of the Living Dead one, had like Sven Bully on, which is really weird seeing two horror guys like hanging out. Yeah. But to, yeah, I just the Dan Housen like describing Home Alone was hilarious. Yeah, uh, I've seen I've seen a trailer cut that way, but to hear Dan Housen doing it, you, you know it's going to be funny. So yeah. Anyway, everybody, thank you for joining us for this episode. Uh, we'd love to hear from you on social media, and um, this is being recorded in November, so I believe the next episode will have a uh, slightly seasonal feel to it. So look forward to that. This is Shad with Matt and Brad. We've been in three corners. You're in the fourth. And we will see you next time.